This is the Time Out with Shore Sports Podcast, covering sports on the shore with Mark Potter and Mike Bradley, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Now, here are your hosts, Mark and Mike. Episode 52 of Time Out with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Mark Potter, Mike Bradley. This segment is sponsored by our friends at Predmoy Therapy Associates, located at 460 Main Street in Stevensville. Let Rick Perrette and the staff get you back to feeling new again accepting most insurance policies. So step away from the pain by calling Perrette Therapy Associates at 410-604-2982. A lot to talk about. Let's get right to it. Uh, we'll start with Friday night's Overtime Live Preston Ford Game of the Week presented by Best Western Plus Easton for all seasons and Kona Ice. And uh, boy, I tell you what, the Ken Island Buccaneers steamrolled the Y High Indians, dominated. Yeah, they did. Uh, they played Ken Island football, as I said, after the game and the post game with interviewing. They ran the football and played really good defense. And as we talked about, very first series with uh, Y High turning it over on downs uh, inside uh, the Ken Island 30, may have been inside the 20. Inside the 20. Inside yeah. the 20 in the red zone. Couldn't convert there. And Ken Island goes down the field and scores. And that, that turned out to be the difference in the game. There were some other, uh, other places we talked about. But Isaiah Taylor said that, you know, the reason we went for a touchdown instead of a field goal late in the first half and the reason why we went for it on a fourth and two in our own territory and Ken Island uh, scored off of that was because yeah we just couldn't stop Casey Heath yeah and they missed on that opening possession they missed a 32 yard field goal that was wide left and uh, you know they they tried I'm to sorry get, I missed yeah, field goal yeah, they, they tried to get on the board That's but right. uh, just couldn't come up with it uh, you know, kicking into the wind. It was a stiff breeze. <laughs> well, it, it was. Yeah, it was coming out of the south, uh, I think south-southeast a little bit. So sometimes it was coming you know, straight in, in someone's direction, depending on which team was driving into it. Or sometimes it was coming across the field horizontally as well. So you had a little bit of that uh, factoring in. Uh, but yeah, right out of the gate, uh, a missed opportunity and that loomed large. I think the thing is, though, and, and the unfortunate thing, and look, this is football. This is how seasons play out and all programs have have dealt with this at some point is this is the fact that that Wicomico had two major players for them uh injured and, and that uh, Darius Foreman not able to be a run threat uh and then Malik Leatherberry as well and you'd love to have seen Wicomico at full strength does that mean Ken Island doesn't win the game no it doesn't necessarily mean that at all but it would have been a much different game for sure and a, and a more competitive game but you know that's the way again things go and seasons go so yeah and that's the way that uh, why high season ended i mean who even knew that leatherberry was even injured you know in the slightest right and look they still went and beat queen anne's at queen anne's without a healthy darius foreman and and maybe a not so healthy malik leatherberry as well i mean they used him as a decoy or we thought they were using him as a decoy yeah i'd have to ask you know how much of that was because of his injury or how much was he actually a a decoy as part of a game plan mark and maybe it was a little bit of both there uh but uh, think about that think about how they they still want a queen anne's and if you're queen anne's that that's salt in the wound. Yeah. It really it really is, and I know really disappointing for them. You look at Queen Anne's and Easton, and you know the disappointing losses in the first round. Now for Queen Anne's, not as much because that was a four five game, but for Easton, a two seven game there. But um, yeah, I just uh, that's the way things played out. But Ken Island, look, uh, let's give them a lot of credit. Uh, they play very well. Casey Heath is a heck of a back. As Coach Ferragamo talked about, BYOB, uh, be your own blocker, and he is. I mean, he's he's able to 
paid the way for himself uh, with his uh, you know with his power and running and uh, you know they've got uh, the the guys up front to get it done for him too. Another 153 yards on the ground for Casey Heath with four touchdowns and then a pick six as well to give him five. I think that's the third time this year that he has scored five touchdowns in a game. That's amazing. Yeah, I, and I don't know. I mean, you, we have uh, well, they were released early. I should say the old Bay side. Yeah, I will go but, over that in just a little yeah, bit. Yeah, so okay. Uh, and now this week, uh, Ken Island advancing to the Maryland State quarterfinals. They are going to be the two seed. Uh, they were going to be playing Middletown until. Huntingtown upset Dunbar, who knocked off Ken Island last upset year. Upset Dunbar or Douglas? I mean, Douglas, Douglas rather. Yeah, yeah. Upset Douglas, who beat Ken Island last year. Right, at Ken Island. At yeah. Ken Island. Yeah. Uh, beat him 28-20. And mm-hmm. Huntingtown coming to town, the Hurricanes, uh, will be on Friday night. And that one is going to kick off at uh, 6.30. Now, it's one of two things here. Either that conference isn't as strong with that upset, or... Honey, that's a really good conference with a five and four team knocking off, you know, the the top team there in in Douglas. But if it should be the fact that that conference isn't as good, you just think about how things fe- are falling for Ken Island with their path to to a state final. You look last year, Coach Ferragamo would have loved to have had Douglas be upset, and how that would have helped him. I mean, he had right. an undefeated regular season and lost to a good team, and and they just ran the football well. I remember that was a very cold right. Friday night. I think I produced that, or actually, that may have been a game that I I don't remember. What I don't I was think doing. you were there, but it's going to be yeah, another anyway, cold Friday there. night this Friday. Yeah, it, 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 it's going to be. But it just—it's funny how sometimes those things happen. Where Coach Ferragamo is like, "Well, why didn't Douglas get upset last year? That right. would have made it easier for me to go out, maybe to in, in a state final, win or lose." But that's just not the way things fell. So yeah, Friday night. I mean, if you just look at the records, you'd say, "Yeah, Ken Island's got a shot in that one." Yeah. Well, uh, a lot of folks are saying that it's a better matchup for Ken Island. Of course, we could talk to. Coach Sofanowski and he would tell us, you know, hell no, it's you know, uh, because that's that's what Sofanowski and, and the likes of Griffith and McCormick and you know everybody that's got the the uh, the experience, they're going to tell you this is a tough game. Yeah, and I don't want to discount home field advantage, but you do get to a point in the playoffs, and I think this week is where you get to it, where usually the better teams win regardless of where the game's played at. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And looking forward to Friday night because uh, Ken Island's feeding us Friday night. Yeah, I heard that. So you're yeah. off the hook. Yeah, I'm you're off, off the hook. hook. I don't have to buy you guys dinner. We, you're going to buy us dinner. Yeah. Well, wait a minute. We didn't approve. You didn't ask us ahead of time. What's the, what's the menu? Because we had another menu we could have uh, maybe a bigger menu to choose from. Well, I was told <laughs> that uh, there will be a spread for us there on right. Friday night. See, now, I, I, I find that hard to believe because I I think we're the last people that Coach Sofanowski is considering it's for this Friday night. It's definitely not a Sofanowski Okay, thing. okay. Yeah, I was no, going to say because, no. I mean, I, I know he loves us, but at the same time, he doesn't care a bit about how we get no. fed prior to the game. I can guarantee you Sofanowski has absolutely nothing to do with planning <laughs> a pregame meal spread for us. All right. Do it, we know, it, though, what, what uh, encompasses the spread here? I, I don't know. Dan okay. Harding texted me and said, you know. Okay, so, okay. Hey, well, and beggars well, are going to be choosy. I, I told him last well, week. Well, I wasn't 
baking. You said you were buying us dinner. Yeah, well, <laughs> then I got out of it. Back in the day, folks, back in the day, we used to be fed. Last week, we heard narrow word from Mark Potter. Both me and Coach Ferragama heard narrow word on texting. Not even, hey, just want to make sure you know, games at six. We'll see you there, Ken Island. It was crickets for Mark because he didn't want to pony up to buy us dinner. Yeah. You show up and I'm eating a cheeseburger from the concession yeah, Exactly. Stand. Exactly. So you knew where I stood at that point. It's a good thing I, I had some uh, I had a meal before I, I came to the stadium. I, I kind of figured that your wife took care of you. So, uh, my yeah. actually my sister, thankfully. Uh, look yeah. at that. Yeah. So well, the yeah. wife's back to work and everything. So oh yeah, yeah. has been for a while. And yeah. you got your sister who's a nanny now. So I mean, you, she's you, been helping us out when she can. Yeah, she's yeah. been doing a great job. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you got you know you got it made. I mean, you can. You can. Uh, I'm still very very busy, Mark. <laughs> trust me. <laughs> Even though I'm not a cook, I'd love to have the time to at least attempt it. Let's talk about North Carolina and Decatur next. Hi folks, David Wilson Jr. of the Preston Automotive Group here. Did you know that we can deliver your vehicle straight to your home or office? You can view and purchase vehicles from Preston's complete inventory online at PrestonMotor.com. Preston Automotive Group is here to ensure you get exactly what you've been looking for. We can even custom order select brands straight from the source. Integrity, urgency, teamwork, personal growth, attention to detail, community. These are the core values we live by here at the Preston Automotive Group. We're family, friends, and professionals. Visit us online at PrestonMotor.com to get started today. This portion of the podcast sponsored by our friends at the Edge Training Academy. Yeah, they are located in the Chesapeake Bay Business Park where passion meets performance. 112 Log Canoe Circle now offering 24-hour gym access. More information at theedgetrainingacademy.com. In fact, you're going to want to bring your kids out to the Edge Training Academy as well. Uh, coming up on the 26th of November, and uh, it is going to be a fun time there at the edge because you can bounce into winter. That's right. You can bounce into winter. Uh, they are setting it up at the edge arena, and it is going to be a great time. We're proud to announce that we are a sponsor of that as well here at Overtime Live and uh and, of course, ShoresportsMD.com. And uh, a bunch of bounce houses will be set up inside uh, there, the Edge Arena. And uh, it's going to be a great time. And it runs uh, uh, pretty much all day long. I'll see if I can't get you the uh, exact uh, time for that. It looks like I'm struggling to do just that. But uh, it is going to be, you know, with the bounce houses and everything, it'll be fun. You know, I guess... Becca's not quite old enough yet to jump in the bounce house. No, no, not not no. quite. <laughs> but, but we're getting there. Yes. Yeah. We're, we're getting yeah. She'll there. be uh, she'll be one at the end of the month. Yeah. God, isn't that crazy? It it is. I mean, but it, it's it's going up for me. It hasn't gone fast, thankfully. I, I it probably will as we get uh, you know from one to two, two to three as as we go on. But thankfully, but yeah, I know it is crazy. She's, so uh, bounce into winter, November twenty sixth, eleven to two, at the Edge Arena, which is three twenty five Log Canoe Circle in Stevensville. So it'll be a good time there. All right, North Carolina Decatur. That game was played on Saturday. And uh, Decatur got up early. North Carolina gave it a fight. But in the end, it was uh, Decatur coming out on top in that one. 
and a final score of 43-27. Yeah, I, unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to watch this game. I had Maryland football pregame duties. They had a, we had our local pregame at 2, so their game started at 1. So I didn't get a chance to watch it on the SDHS YouTube channel, and I didn't get a chance yesterday in working because I could have gone back and looked at it. But I did see the highlights uh, that David Dawson, again, one of the great things he's doing is taking the highlights, uh, the scoring plays, and putting them on Facebook every time they occur. And from what I saw Again, this Decatur offense is hitting on all cylinders at the right time. They've really come on strong, and they're playing, I think, their best ball of the season there. Obviously, that helps the defense out when they can get leads or if they happen to eat up clock. Now, they're an offense, so it's more quick striking than, you know, takes chunks of time uh, to get from uh, one side of the field to the other, say, like a, a park side, which is complete different offense. Um, so, yeah, I mean, their offense was on full display, and uh, they got to go over the bridge. We'll talk about that in a second, but yeah, the Seahawks playing really good ball. And for North Carolina, as we talked about, you know what you're going to get from week to week. Right. And and they played a similar style spread offensive team, and they didn't have the answers the way they did against Easton. And we talked about that was a game where it all came together for North Carolina. And at the same time, Easton picked uh, the worst time to have one of their worst games of the season, if not their worst game of the season. But I don't think you expected it was going to play out where uh, where Caroline was going to dominate Decatur like that. Maybe they win, but not in that fashion. And it was a close game uh, early in the season, a 16-14 win for Decatur. But as I talked about, Mark, the things that Decatur had going for them, they could look at at, at huddle and see what they did to you know to O'Connor and say look we're they can make those adjustments whatever that game plan McCormick had not that it's going to be the same every week but they had that also uh, Decatur uh, playing at home uh, they do do have a home field advantage a pretty good one at this point but I think the bigger point is is that well, after what North Caroline did to Easton you better believe that the coaches were able to further uh, uh, talk to these kids about hey be on high alert you know not that they weren't already but be on high alert you saw what they did to Easton so it got their attention more after an upset happened like that not overlooking anybody right and I'm not saying they were to right. begin with right. but it just further got their attention like yeah we got to take care of business before you think about the next round. Yeah, absolutely. You're speaking the next round. They are moving on to play Potomac, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, you know a, a pretty darn good school, and uh, it, it should be a great contest. Yeah, and I've got to take a look here. They entered in because, as you know, I'm a voter. Well, let me get rid of that. Uh, I'm a voter in the top 25 state poll, and Potomac uh, ended up uh, getting into the poll, I want to say maybe week six or seven, Mm -hmm. with one of their wins. And I'll I'll bring up which win that was. But, yeah, uh, they're actually out of Oxon Hill. Mm -hmm. So, And Oxon Hill has their own school as well. But uh, Potomac's a top twenty-five team, so that's going to be that's going to be a tough go of it for uh, you know for Decatur. Not saying they can't win, uh, but they'll have uh, they'll have a tough game now. They beat Douglas, who we talked about. Uh, Potomac beat Douglas twelve to seven back on October fourteenth, and that's what's got them into the top twenty-five. Back in the early part of the season, uh, or the middle early. middle part of the season. Yeah. So uh, yeah. you know it's. <laughs> You're going to get everybody's best shot, you would think, when you get to the quarterfinals anyway. I mean, it's the top eight teams in the 2A that advance this way. I mean, at this point, they're all pretty darn good. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, you got Walkersville and Middletown coming out of the West. you got Potomac uh, that's in there with Milford Mill. And then you got Huntingtown that escapes and Decatur and Kent Island and Hereford. So, I mean, you've got eight really good football teams. And to be honest with you, I think the best draw comes to Kent Island is the two seed. And Milford Mill is just, 
I mean, they're like a college team, a well-oiled college team that uh, is the number one seed in the state and, and heavily favored, too. Yes, and as I mentioned, uh, I know one of the assistant coaches on that team, they've taken over Baltimore County where Franklin was a team they couldn't get over the hump. Uh, things have switched where Milford Mill is the dominant team now. And uh, Franklin did advance. They had a big win over Bel Air on Friday night. But, yeah, Milford Mill is an outstanding team. They've really built something good there. And uh, they should be a team that goes to the final. I'd be, I'd be surprised if they didn't. Uh, going back to Potomac for a second, though, Mark, they've only given up 33 points all season total and and yet total Mm -hmm. and they've scored 351 now some of these teams that they've beaten not very good teams and they actually had a loss to a laurel team that's not very good uh who finished the season of four and eight i was gonna say easton beat laurel in the scrimmage Okay. So, yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I've got to take a look, but the Douglas win was a big one. I've got to take a look at some of these other teams that they beat. So, uh, you know, I don't know how many teams. I mean, they beat Largo, who finished the season at 9-2. and two. I don't know if they're still alive in the playoffs or not. It's a good Potomac team. It's going to be a tough battle for Decatur, no question about it. Uh, you want to give the home field advantage maybe to Potomac because of the long trip uh, for Decatur. And remember, this team is still a pretty young team, though. Right. Yeah, they yeah. are. Decatur is a young team. It is going to be a good one. We will talk about uh, our friends at Colonel Richardson after this right here on Time Out with Shore Sports presented by the Preston Automotive Group. If someone you know is exhibiting signs of depression or withdrawal, take time to connect. Ask, are you okay? Listen closely and without judgment. Share mental health resources. For All Seasons Behavioral Health and Rape Crisis Center is here for anyone struggling with a mental health challenge. Visit forallseasonsinc.org. That's forallseasonsinc.org. It's okay to ask for help. For All Seasons is here for you. This portion of the podcast sponsored by For All Seasons Behavioral Health and Rape Crisis Center, providing outpatient mental health, psychiatric education and rape crisis services to the english and spanish-speaking communities regardless of one's ability to pay more info at forallseasonsinc.org colonel richardson was leading six nothing bow manor scored six six colonel richardson ends up going down and scoring holding the ball for the entire third quarter winning leading 13 six and then Bo Manor took you mean four, twelve to six. Uh, twelve to six, rather, because they didn't make the conversion. Uh, no, they, they made the conversion. It was thirteen, so they were up thirteen six. I thought they lost thirteen to twelve. I thought they. Yes, you're right. My bad. You're yeah. right. It was it was twelve six. Yeah. And then Bo Manor needs four plays to go the distance of the field uh, to uh, score, and made the two point conversion, and ended up taking a fourteen. To 12 lead is what it was because they made a two-point conversion instead so yeah and uh and the final i had it as 14 13 but 14 to whatever it just sucks that uh, colonel ended up losing a heartbreaker to bow manor yeah i mean clearly they played the kind of style game that they needed to to give themselves a chance and and that's what they do offensively and it's uh, control the clock and take up uh you know as much as they can in keeping the other team's offense off the field 
and uh, obviously it was working for them. But conversely, uh, the other teams able to score that quickly, it kind of <laughs> at the same time, to some extent, if they're able to score that quickly, it, it somewhat negates the fact that you held the ball for that long. You got to play a little bit of defense in there as well. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Colonel, look, the fact that they're competing, yeah, it was 14 to 13 is what I'm seeing on okay. Max Preps here. Right. But the fact that they're hosting home playoff games, Mark, and they're competing in these games and they lost by a point uh, to get to, you know, the uh, the quarterfinals of the state. I mean, that program has come a long, long way. So disappointing for sure. But that was a young football team. They got a lot of those guys back next year. So an experience for them. Now, we talk about the lack of a game against Washington who forfeited just a few hours before in the first week. Did that adversely affect them for this one? Clearly, by the score, it did not. But still, Coach Jackson would have loved to have had that game. As we talked about, no, they wouldn't have been tested. But it's the fact that they were on a roll. They, they You get in that routine, and then that routine gets completely disrupted by not being able to play a game. So it doesn't appear that it affected them. But then again, you never know, Mark. You never know. Absolutely. So, so their season comes to an end. This portion of the podcast sponsored by Queenstown Bank, your hometown community bank, serving the Midshore for over 120 years. Convenient online and in-person banking, plus they have money to lend. Get more info at queenstownbank.com or any Queenstown Bank location. So Colonel Richardson's season comes to an end. You've got Decatur and Ken Island still alive. And, of course, we'll be following uh, all of the action with Ken Island because they're in our listening area. And, of course, following Decatur from afar and cheering on them through ShoresportsMD.com. The coaches across the Bayside voted um, on all their postseason awards. And uh, we were asked to hold it until Monday (laughs) afternoon. Everybody else decided to start throwing it out there. Um, a coach I guess we won't be doing that next year, Mark. Uh, no, no, we're not going to hold. We're just no. going to go. And, but let me start before I say the this. Schools did. You know, the the coach and the player of the year awards and all that, I think that's great. But when you get to the first team, second team, and honorable mention, it's excessive. There's 11 people on offense and there's 11 people on defense. And I'll explain why I'm saying that in here in just a second. Yeah, I, I agree. And coach of the year, Coach Brian Sofanowski from Ken Island. Bayside MVP. Casey Heath from Ken Island. Best of the base side. All right. Uh, offensive player of the year, KJ Smothers from Queen Anne's. Uh, co-defensive players of the year were Luke Murgott and Darius Foreman. Special teams player of the year was Malik Leatherberry. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. So Kevin O'Connor wasn't mentioned in there anyway. I mean, Kevin O'Connor led the base side with passing touchdowns, among other things, and yards and rush. He did a lot, but, you know, he wasn't mentioned any there. He wasn't even mentioned on the defensive side on player of the year, but we'll get to that. Offense, here we go. First team offense, all right? This is all conference here. Uh, At quarterback, Kevin O'Connor and Bryson Coleman. Two quarterbacks. You only need one on the field, right? Yeah. Um, Running back, Casey Heath, K.J. Smothers, and Nasir Holden from Parkside. Fullback, Bryant Waters from Parkside and Chris Wells from uh, Y High. Yeah, and, and Waters ran the football like he had a thousand yard season. Yes, he did. Slot, Jordan Nixon, Ashton Seiwald, and Gavin Salito. Salito from Stephen Decatur, Seiwald from Queen Anne's, mm-hmm. and Nixon from Easton. Mm-hmm. Wide receiver, freshman Chase Rapp, uh, sophomore Chase Rab, sorry, from Easton, and Leatherberry from Y High. Mm-hmm. Tight end, 
Murgot at Stephen Decatur and Jai Roy from Queen Anne. Mm-hmm. Uh, offensive utility, Keegan O'Brien from Kent Island. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Good for them. I didn't know he was Good. a utility player. He's he's a slot or a wingback. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah. All right. Offensive line. Well, but I think because he blocks and runs, that's yeah. why. There you go. Offensive line: Queen Anne's Nate Ford, Ken Island, Brady O'Neill, Carson Brown from Easton, Jeremiah, uh, Jeremy Smith from Ken Island, Jabez Baptiste from Y High, AJ Trimble from Stephen Decatur, uh, Gino. Mishnin from Parkside was your uh, first-team punter. Brogan Eastlack from Stephen Decatur, your first-team place kicker. Malik Leatherberry, both the kickoff returner and punt returner. Mm-hmm. So those were those were your first team uh, right there. So you have a lot of players that are mentioned. You know, you have five offensive linemen. I'm okay if you're going to go with 12 or 13 different players because you have a fullback. Not offenses run. Not all sure. the offenses run a fullback. You sure. have a tight end or an, or an H-back, H-back, maybe. Back, or, you know? yeah, yeah. I mean, how often did Murgot line up a tight end? You know, most of the time he's at a wide receiver. You know, so I mean, it just kind of he did some, but yeah, yeah I get your point. I you know, get your and point. It's just, yeah. you know, kind of a hybrid. I, I yeah. kind of feel like and he, and he on special packages at the goal line, he was the quarterback at a Wildcat. Yeah, or the Vegas package as they call it. it, it you know, I kind of feel like it's watered down. You know. That you're taking kids. And yeah, go with one. Okay, like first team quarterback. Go with one or the other. Right. You know that. Now let me go back real quick. Offensive, like, can you run through the te- the, the schools for the offensive line quickly? Uh, Just the, the schools for the offensive line. Yeah. Okay, you got Queen Anne's, Ken Island, Easton, okay. Ken Island, Y High, Stephen Decatur. Okay, so they did have a Queen Anzo there. I, yeah. I I didn't know if I heard a Queen Anzo. I was going to say really with with Smothers this year. There's not one, but there was. Okay. And they and they okay. had six. Um, offensive lineman. Which, and I'm again, fine with that. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine know? with that as well. Yeah. Defensively. Mm-hmm. All right, here we go. First team defense. At D tackle, nose guard. Brady O'Neill from Ken Island. Marvin Foster from Easton. Yeah, I was going to say Foster, yeah. And uh, Al- Ali or Ally Turner from Parkside. Inside linebackers. First team. Kevin O'Connor, Easton. Casey Heath, Ken Island. Giuseppe Mellinger from Ken Island. Outside linebacker. Jordan Nixon, Easton. Jairoy Queen Anne's. Keegan O'Brien, Ken Island. Defensive end, Owen Piavis from North Carolina, Luke Murgott from South, Deca- uh, South uh, or make that uh, Stephen Decatur, sorry, <laughs> and uh, Austin Holland from Ken Island. Cornerbacks, Darius Foreman from Y High, Lloyd Price from Ken Island, and Ashton Seiwald at Queen Anne's. Um, let's see here. Safeties, Kurt Thomas from Y High, Amarian Manuel from Stephen Decatur. Defensive specialty, David Lockwood from Stephen Decatur. And special teams, John Smith from Parkside. So there's your list. I'm surprised, uh, and I'm trying to think one of the two uh, Wicomico linebackers didn't make it on there, but that, did uh, not. Yeah, and, and I was surprised that you know, Darius Foreman, they listed him as a quarterback. Yeah, I was going to say, because he plays linebacker. He That's was why a quarterback I'm for the first couple of games. Yeah. And okay. I was told by a couple of the coaches, he was the best damn cornerback in the Bayside mm-hmm. when he was playing cornerback. When he was playing there, yeah. yeah. So... You know, I, I bring all this up, and congratulations to all the players that were named. I think it's fantastic. Um, however, we will have a Bayside, uh, all Bayside, uh, for all the sports. Okay, now we will list by position for football because that's you know the relationship we have with all the coaches and what have you, and we're going to pick one of each. We'll have a coach of the year. We'll have the uh, uh, you know the player of the year and and all of that. And that'll be for us. 
And we're also going to pick a player of the year for all of the sports across each individual season as well. And we're going to honor them this year with awards uh, for that from all of us here at uh, Overtime Live and Shore Sports MD. I just I think it's cool that, you know, we'll get the input from coaches, but we're going to make our own decisions uh, with all of that. Yeah. So yeah. be looking for that. Uh, by the way, uh, congratulations, Coach of the Year, the El Jefe Coach of the Year. Uh, is uh, Brian Sobodowski. I was going to say, we did have a Coach of the Year Friday yeah. night. And, yeah. uh, you know, he, him and his staff will enjoy a $500 party at El Jefe uh, on Ken Island. And uh, really, there were three coaches in the running when it came down to it. You had Sobodowski, you had Coach Matt Griffith, and James Jackson from Colonel Richardson. Yeah. And uh, uh, through a process of elimination and votes, we got it down to two. We couldn't decide. So we put both names in a hat, and mm-hmm. we drew out the winner. It's like a coin flip. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, congratulations to Soph. And the Bayside w- with those picks, that's obviously based on regular season. There's no postseason that's included right. in that. Yeah. And, and the MVP, that's so tough. Casey Heath, well-deserving. But you could also ask two other players, where would Queen Anne's be without KJ Smothers? Right. Where would Easton be without Kevin O'Connor? Right. No, you're exactly right. And uh, yeah. you know, Now, Ken Island finished number one overall, so that's probably why. And fair enough. Like, There's no argument from me. But those are just two other names where you'd say, well, they could have a, a try MVP if you really wanted to do that. Yeah, I'll be interested in seeing how it all shakes out. Um, but for the purposes but, of being consistent about what we just said, you got to go with one guy, and I get it. Ken Island won the Bayside eight and one, so there you go. So it'll be interesting. I'm looking forward to negotiating with you and, and Ferragamo when we take all the coaches' inputs and and picking out who our top players are. So it'll be fun. Mm-hmm. We'll put that together. Uh, that'll happen in the next couple of weeks here. So yeah. we'll wait till the football season's over. Yeah, because we'll do all encompassing. Yeah. And, and you know, and we haven't brought this up real quickly. We talked about the uh, Y High Ken Island matchup and the injuries that Y High had. You know, we're we're made privy sometimes to things that we're not going to talk about on the air because of of secrecy and privacy and and so on and so forth. Um, but you know, there are other injuries uh, to some other key players this year that we were aware of that may have impacted some games but again that's the way it goes but it's uh it's interesting mark you know we try to give you as much of the story as we can but you don't know everything so or we're not allowed to tell you everything right (laughs) so that's that's the thing yeah Yeah. (laughs) so uh yeah so anyway we'll we'll get to that coming up here in the uh, in the coming weeks about how all of that plays out. Mm-hmm. So, but good luck to both the Cater and Ken Island this week. Yeah, and, and the one thing that the expanded playoffs do here, even though it was talking to Sheldon Shaler, technically the uh, the state of Maryland does recognize uh, two regional champions uh, from. Uh, you know, it's cra- it's crazy to think, but they do. But what it does allow is that, for instance, at Decatur and Ken Island to get out of the Bayside to play a couple of games against non-Bayside teams and then meet each other. Uh, in the final, if it should get to that. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah, it, it would be, but that's that's one of the advantages where, correct me if I'm wrong, the previous type playoff format would have had uh, Ken Island and Decatur playing against each other Friday night. Yeah, I, yeah. that that would be really cool if it happened. Um, Decatur's got a couple of mountains they got to <laughs> climb, you know. Yeah. Uh, to, to, as yeah. does... Uh, Ken Island. What I'm going to be curious to, to see, and I don't know if Huntingtown had a lot of turnover or not, but remember Decatur lost at Huntingtown last year. So will Coach Self be calling Coach Coleman and saying, okay, 
help me out here. Give me a few tips as to how I can beat uh, the Hurricanes on Friday night. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's see real quick. Uh, this next portion of the podcast is sponsored by our friends at Midshore Exteriors, handling your roofing, siding, and gutter needs across the shore. Every detail matters, so let the Master Elite GAF certified and Shingle Master Roofers take care of your home or business today. More info at midshoreexteriors.com. Want to go up a level to uh, Salisbury University. Uh, for the first time since 2010, somebody rushed for five touchdowns in a contest, and that somebody was North Carolina grad Joey Bildstein. Wow, I know Five. they. I know they won on uh, Saturday, and I know they have an automatic bid. We'll talk about who they play in a second, but I didn't know he had five t- touchdowns. Though. They were down fourteen. He mm-hmm. finally got the goals on the board at the end of the second quarter, and then his other touchdowns came all in the second half. So yeah, they beat uh, Christopher Newport thirty-six thirty-three. Uh, it was the first time since twenty ten that a seagull had rushed for five touchdowns. And it was like since 2018 uh, that uh, there was another stat there that I can't remember. It just flew out of my brain. Uh, But also Cambridge grad Dario Belazari rushed for 53 yards and reeled in another 20 in receiving as well. So good performances there. Yes, they did beat Christopher Newport to win yet another NJAC title, which is their fourth in a row. Who are they going to play? Mount Union and Alliance, Ohio this Saturday. And Mount Union is uh, one of the Division Three powers, so that's uh, a tall order. But hey, to be to be the best, you got to beat the best, right? So yeah. th- there you go. Well, yep. good for them. Yeah, I've, I've actually been to Mount Union to see the campus and to see the stadium, and yeah, that's uh, that's big time program there. Absolutely, and it's all uh, going to be exciting to watch them as well as well as the rest of the action going on uh, with Decatur and Ken Island this week. You'll be able to follow it along right here on ninety four three Winks FM. And uh, also shoresportsmd.com. Real quick, uh, before I let you go, I also got to let you know about uh, the uh, uh, Ken Island Buccaneers field hockey team. Lost a heartbreaker to Manchester Valley 2-1 in shootouts in the field hockey state semifinals. And uh, and then it's just one of those things. All four of the games that Ken Island lost this year by one simple goal. Oh, man. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So a yeah. tough one, tough way to go. But uh, mm-hmm. And then uh, Tuesday, when you're hearing this, well, if you listened on Tuesday, the start of winter sports. Yeah. I, you know, I'm yeah. so much in, in football mode. You're right. Uh, I know the college basketball season kicked off last Monday, Mark, uh, but high school sports, winter sports, you're right. Yeah, under yeah. Uh, underway. We'll we'll get there. We'll get there. We're still we're still dealing with playoffs right now, which is an exciting time. But it's also nerve wracking because it is one and done. And every Friday we're hoping, okay, can we get one more? Can we get one more? Because you know, then we have to wait uh, nine months or so before the next time. The U.S. Heating and Air pregame show starts at six ten on ninety four three Winks FM and ForeverMidshore.com. We'll have the Bear kickoff at six thirty. Any closing comments? Let's just uh, wish the Bayside teams on uh, for wins on Friday night, and uh, we'll look forward to being there. That's right. And uh, Roll Tide, Bama won again, finally. So they learned how to win a football game. So I'm glad to see that. <laughs> You're spoiled. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. We appreciate it. And uh, don't forget to share it. I know it was a quickie today, but we got business to take care of. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. 
You've been listening to the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast with Mark Potter and Mike Bradley, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Look for another timeout soon here on ShoreSportsMD.com.